Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 21 of the podcast. I hope the sun is shining wherever you are. It's splitting the stones here in Sligo. So it's been a little bit of a challenge today to come in and record the podcast, but we'll get a little bit of work done and I'll get out in it then, hopefully. What are we talking about today? We're talking about creating connection with people. This is something I've become very cognizant of, particularly over the last few months, because I'm doing a lot of public speaking. And when you do public speaking, if you don't have connection with your audience, you're in trouble. And that connection can be created in the first five minutes. If it's not created in the first five minutes, you can lose your audience and it's very difficult to get them back. So how do we create connection with people? In terms of public speaking, it's things like body language, smiling at people, eye contact, telling little stories that people can identify with. All those things create connection. But it got me thinking on a deeper level. How do we create create connection in our everyday lives with the people around us? Because that is so, so important. No matter who you are, no matter what stage you're at in life, no matter where you're from, being able to create connection with people is going to improve the quality of your life because you can improve your relationships with the people around you if you can do that. So how do we create connection with other people? I would start by looking at yourself. Start with yourself always. Are you setting the example? Are you treating people how you want them to treat you? As a coach, this is something I've got to be very, very, very aware of. I'm putting out podcasts all the time. I'm putting out content on social media. But am I living what I'm preaching? Am I living the life that I'm telling other people that, you know, it's a good idea to do this or to do this or to do this? The advice I'm giving out, am I living that myself? I think I have to be because the way you behave and the way you act is how people identify you and it's how they're going to connect with you. If you go out into the world and you're treating people with disrespect and you're a little bit ignorant, you can't be surprised when you get that back. You can't be surprised when you get back, get that back. Likewise, think about the people that make you feel good about yourself. The people that you have a conversation with and you walk away going, I like that person. I like that person. Think about how you treat them. Do you treat them differently to the person that comes over and says something rude and moves on? Of course you do. Of course you do. So creating connection with people ultimately is how you act and how you behave because that tends to come back to you. So think about that. It always starts with you. We have a great habit of saying, well, such and such is this and that and the other. But do you actually look at how you treat that person? How do you interact with that person? And sometimes it can be hard to do that because not everybody is the easiest to connect with. But I think sometimes you've got to persist and you've got to keep putting it out there and you've got to keep doing your best to be the bigger person and to be the person that is trying to bring value to people and be the person that is likable and then it tends to come back to you so people people will forget what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel they'll forget what you said but they'll remember how you made them feel so always do your best to make people feel good about themselves don't put people down don't judge people don't mock people for the sake of it and it's very very easily done and the problem is that often we do it without really thinking about it we do it by just making a little comment that maybe we thought was in jest or maybe we thought was funny But you don't always understand how people are going to take that. So is that comment always necessary? So beware of how you're acting around people. Beware of how you're making people feel. Because they won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So that little joke that you thought was funny, they won't remember what you said. But they'll remember how that joke made them feel. So always bear that in mind, guys. Try to do your best to make other people feel good. That's how you create connection. So always start with you. Don't think about them. All the time we, we always think they're the problem, not me. So look in the mirror and ask the question, could I be doing more? Could I be setting a better example? Could I be making more of an effort? I would say one of my biggest learnings was on the gym floor. I learned so much on the gym floor about people, about human connection, about how to get the best out of people. The thing about people who train is that they're not 
okay, they are training to have a better body, to improve something about their body, but ultimately they're training to have a better life. Like I've never met anybody who decided to change their body because they wanted to make their life worse. It doesn't happen. They change their body because they want to make their life better. So when you're in that environment working on the gym floor with people or maybe working in classes with people and you have these conversations with people all the time, you begin to understand a little bit about human behavior. And I believe the best coaches and the best personal trainers are the ones who understand human behavior. They certainly have a level of understanding of it because everybody is so different. Every individual you come across has different needs, different requirements. They think in a different way. The only person who thinks like you is you. The only person who thinks like you is you. So you've got to be very cognizant of that as well. The messages you're getting across, how is it being received? When you start to understand a little bit about human behavior, I think you see that, okay, you're helping somebody in a physical capacity to change something about their reality, but you're also helping them on a bigger scale, on a life scale. So training is very much interlinked to your life, to building a business to improving your finances because a lot of the thought processes are the same and it's about a mindset it's not necessarily about this is how you deadlift it's about creating a mindset it's about helping people to understand what their possibilities and what their potential are and that's when they go out into the world and they change their life and that's why i say that training can change your life because it changes the way you think but you have to have a good coach probably to do that and maybe as the coach you have to be aware that that's your job your job is not necessarily to show people how to lift this or how to lift that. It's to change how they think. And it's about showing them what they are capable of doing. And most of them are usually capable of doing a lot more than what they are actually doing at the moment. So you can create a lot of connection with people by having conversations with them and by really, really listening to them. Not by telling them, by listening to them. Nobody likes to be told what to do. I think it's one of the most common ways of creating disconnection. When we talk about creating connection, I would say telling people what to do is nearly the number one way to actually disconnect. Nobody likes to be told they're wrong. Nobody likes somebody to say, no, your opinion on that is wrong. Maybe their opinion is just different. You need to be aware that maybe other people don't always think like you. Maybe they're actually, there's truth in what they're saying. Maybe their opinion is as valid as yours. So don't tell people they're wrong. Don't tell people they need to do things. It's okay making suggestions, but if they're not open to taking that on board, you're wasting your time. You're totally wasting your time. A good example of this is somebody who smokes. You can tell them over and over and over, and you've told them five million times, I wish you'd stop smoking because it's bad for your health. That person knows it's bad for their health. They don't need you to tell them it's bad for their health. They know that. But the more you tell them, and the more you tell them, please give up cigarettes, please give up cigarettes, I think you should do this. I think you should do that. The more they're going to become resistant to it because they don't want to hear it. They're not open to it. You're effectively telling them, I think you're doing something wrong and I know best and I think you should give them up and I think it'll be better for you. And you're failing to understand that the challenge of giving up those cigarettes is quite large for that person. So they don't really appreciate being told, do this, do that, do the other. At some point, they're probably going to decide, I want to give up cigarettes. That's when the time is right to have a conversation with them. So you can... You can advise, you can do whatever, but ultimately harassing people and telling them, I think you should do this, this and this. It kind of comes across sometimes as, well, I'm right and I know a little bit more and I know what's best for you. And nobody appreciates that. So that can often create disconnection. But when they're ready to have the conversation, that's the time to do it. So it becomes more important than ever that you're listening to people, that you're truly listening to what they're saying, that you're not just going to be the one talking all the time, giving advice. You see, this is where I think coaching comes in. And if you're a good coach, the best coaches find help people to find the answers for themselves. They don't tell them the answers. They don't give them the answers. They don't say, I think you should do this, this and this. You know, if it's, we'll say, for example, you've got somebody studying the leaving cert. 
the worst thing in the world probably that you can do, the number one way to create disconnection again is tell them, you need to go and study every evening for three hours. Go up to your room and study for three hours. That's what you need to do. Maybe you need to have a conversation with them rather than going that route. Would it be better to say, what are the things you want to do later in life? Where do you want to go with it? What are the points that you need? And they're going to tell you, well, I need 380 points to do this, this or whatever. Then you say, okay, well, what do you think you need to do to achieve that many points? And then you're getting them thinking for themselves and they're coming up with answers. And it's not you telling them, go to your room and study for three hours. It's them saying, well, I might need to study for maybe two hours an evening to do that. Okay, what else do you think you need to do? And they start thinking for themselves and they start producing the answers and they're reinforcing it. And when they do that, it becomes a lot more appealing to them to actually go and do it rather than you trying to dictate, do this, do this, do this, because nobody likes that. That's a certain way of creating disconnection. Um, So yeah, flying through a few bits here today. When we talk about creating connection, I think leading by example is an important thing. I've touched on it earlier, but leading by example, practicing what you're speaking. Action speaks so much louder than words. And that's something I've really discovered over the years. People talk to death about what they're going to do and what they intend to do. And words are fantastic, but how many people are backing it up? A practical example of this, and this is a little bit of a sensitive subject, but let's touch on it. Last week was World Suicide Prevention Day. So if you go on social media last week, whatever day it was, I forget now, but you go on social media on that day, there's so much cliched, you know what, just posting everybody saying the same thing, cliches. And don't get me wrong, it's fantastic that, I suppose, awareness has been brought to it and that people are looking to improve things. And hopefully somebody will take something from actually seeing a message posted on social media. But what I want to know is, Who's practically going off social media and picking up the phone to check in on somebody? Who's calling the person that they know is sat at home on their own and they're bringing them out for a coffee? Who's doing all these little things? Just checking in on somebody. Human connection again. You cannot beat face-to-face connection. Social media gives us brilliant opportunities and it is good to create connect with people in a way. But at the same time, for so many people out there, it actually creates disconnection because you're losing the face-to-face relationship. And I believe for most people, that is fundamentally important that we keep that that you're able to have conversations with people, not through a screen, not through posting messages and saying, oh, it's World Suicide Prevention Day. Feel free to call me anytime. Don't do that. Pick up, do it if you, yeah, absolutely post it. There's no harm in posting it, but don't leave it at that. Pick up the phone and rather than saying, it's okay for you to call me, why can't you pick up the phone and you know somebody lives alone. You know that maybe they're struggling a little bit with loneliness. Pick up the phone and drop them a call. That's what connection is. That's what human connection is. That's actually caring and that's actually making a practical difference. And we do it to death. I think we know the theory and we all talk about it. But who is actually putting things into practice? Same with you guys listening to the podcast. I love that you listen to the podcast and I love that I get messages from people saying I enjoyed the podcast and I can't wait for the next one. I appreciate that so much and please keep doing it. But at the same time, if something we say on the podcast resonates with you, what you need to do is take action. Don't sit there going, oh, that was nice. That makes sense. Think about how does that apply to me? And what could I improve in my life if I implemented that? Think about those things. So that's a few little bits on connection. Another thing that I believe creates a lot of disconnection is gossip. And I've kind of touched on this a couple of times before, but I've never really gone too deep on it. Too deep on it. But it's one thing that is probably a bugbear of mine is people gossiping. And it's so, so common. And it's so, it's so common that it's normalized. People think it's every everybody does it. It's just part and parcel of everyday life. I was reading a book recently called The Magic of Big, The Magic of Thinking Big, The Magic of Thinking Big. That is what it's called, David Schwartz. The Magic of Thinking Big. There was a great description of gossip in that book. He wrote, 
gossip is poison for the mind. So we poison our bodies in a certain way, maybe through food and different things, we can poison our bodies. But when we gossip every day and we get into the habit of gossiping and talking about people, that's poison for the mind. You're gossiping about people so you're not saying anything positive about them. So straight away, you're training your mind to focus on negativity. What you don't realise is that when you're doing that gossip and that negative negative thinking and that bitching and, and all the rest of it, you're poisoning yourself without realising it. Those people who are engaging in gossip are poisoning themselves. You're becoming used to that. You're training your mind to think, this is the way I should be. This is normal. This is... And, and your, your, your mind responds to the messages that you send it. So when you have nothing good to say about people, effectively what's happening is you're focusing on their weaknesses while overlooking your own. If you've got your own shit together, fabulous, go and talk about everybody else. If not, have a little look closer to home. Gossiping is one thing I strongly, strongly dislike because there's no positives of it. There's absolutely none. Obviously, there's no per- positives for the person you're talking about, but there's no positives for you either. Because again, all you're doing is filtering your thoughts to a negative place to think it's okay to speak about somebody like that. And you know what, guys? I have a phrase I use all the time. If they'll bitch to you, they'll bitch about you. And people know that. They know if you're the one standing there for half an hour gossiping about somebody else, you're nice to them. But when they walk away, people know you're going to talk about them to the next person. So really and truly, are you building trust? Are you building connection? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. In the moment while you're gossiping and there's a bit of fun in it, yeah, maybe it makes you feel good temporarily. But in the long run, I would say you're actually creating a situation which is based on distrust. People are going to look at you maybe in a slightly negative light. Because people know, people do know, if you're capable of bitching about your friend, about you're, you're capable of bitching about anybody. So keep it in mind, guys. If they'll bitch to you, they'll bitch about you. Um, so that's my little rant on gossiping. Steps down from Soapbox. Um, what else do I want to chat to you about today? Yeah, so during the week, I was chatting to somebody who's thinking about going down a similar route to me. He wants to do a little bit of health and wellness coaching. And I had a great conversation with him. And I thought I'd bring some of that conversation to the podcast today because it's probably relevant to everybody. Again, he's coming at it from a health and wellness coaching perspective, but so many of the messages we shared on that consultation call, I think, are probably relevant to probably to everybody listening. You can probably take something from it. So he's at a stage where he has been studying sports psychology and he's looking now at going down the health and wellness route, doing something similar to what I do, getting out, speaking to groups, positively impacting people's lives. That's the route he wants to go. I know from chatting to him, he is incredibly passionate about it. And I think it's the perfect route for him because he said to me, it just lights up my brain. He said, when I start studying this stuff, the psychology and the mindset and the personal development, I can't switch off from it. I'm stuck in the books and I find it hard to drag myself away. And I thought that was absolutely fantastic. It was so refreshing to hear. It's so it's so good to hear somebody that's so, so passionate about it, so into it. And I just said to him, yeah, absolutely do it. I think one of the things that was holding him back was that he's a little bit older than me. So he possibly feels maybe he's a bit late starting. But it was it was really interesting because he said, you know, I don't think I was ready to start until now. And I totally agree with him. He probably wasn't. And what I said to him back was, I don't think Ireland was ready up to now. You know, 10, 15 years ago, would we have had sports psychologists working with GA teams? Not a hope. No, we really wouldn't, you know. And I think Ireland has come on so much in the last few years. And it was it was just an amazing conversation. It was great to see somebody that was so passionate about it and so willing to get into it. And my advice to him was, go and do it. Absolutely go and do it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But go and do it and try it. It's what you're passionate about. If you're passionate about something, you feel like you never work a day. You really feel like you never work a day. So, yeah, try things out. One of the things we spoke about was 
naysayers and begrudgers. And this is something all of us are going to have to deal with at some stage of our lives. The thing about the naysayers is they can't derail you. They cannot derail you. You think they can. What if these people say stuff about me? What if they leave negative reviews online? What if they're out, you know, complaining about me? What if they say something about me or call me out about something? They can't derail you. The only person who can derail you is you. And the reason for that is because no matter what they say or no matter what they do, you have the power over how you react to it, how you respond to it. You can take it in, in, in the way they meant in terms of it being hurtful, in terms of it knocking your confidence, in terms of it harming your business. Or you can say, I can choose my reaction here. I'm not going to respond to it. This is something I've had to deal with over the years as well. When you put yourself out there, you put your head above the parapet, you start going out on social media, putting out content, you will get criticism. And no matter what walk of life you're in, people are always going to be waiting to criticise. They're waiting to knock you down. That's just the mindset of some people. It's not a nice mindset, but realistically, it is something that you're going to come across. Thankfully, most people are not like that, but you will encounter people who are. So you have to choose your response to it. Are you going to let them have the impact they want in a negative way? Or are you just going to move on and let it wash over you? That's the only way to deal with it as far as I'm concerned. If you respond to those messages, you'll sometimes get messages on social media. If you respond to it and you get caught in a back and forth, you're putting all this energy into a negative place. And the more you put that energy into a negative place, the more it's taking you away from where you want to go. But the more you feed them as well, because if you give them a response, they're going to keep coming back. If you don't bite, they'll move away pretty quick. So don't let them derail you. What you need to ask yourself is, where do I need to be putting my energy? Where do I need to be putting my attention? Where do I need to be putting my resources to bring about the best results, to bring about the result that I want? And I'm pretty sure, guys, that that's not with the troll, with the person that's trying to knock you, with the begrudger, with the naysayer. Your energy going with them is not going to bring about the best result. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So put your energy in the place that brings the most benefit. Not necessarily to you, but to the people you're serving. That's something I've always took on from day one. I'm here to serve people. I'm here to help people. Sometimes that's even at my cost. It genuinely is in terms of my time, in terms of where my energy is going. But I feel it's a good use of energy. Because if I'm making a difference to somebody, even if it's one person, that's why I record the podcast. I'm not here to make myself feel good. It's not an ego thing. I'm here to bring value to somebody. And there's good listenership on the podcast now. And every time I record a podcast, all I think is if one person gets something from this podcast, then I've done my job. Only one person. That's all I need. And there's no benefit particularly for me in recording the podcast. I give up an hour of my time every Wednesday, but I don't mind doing it because I know it's beneficial because I've been getting a lot of messages from people. I know it's helping people. So that's why I do it. So that's an example of putting your energy in the right place. My energy goes into being positive and going into positively helping people, positively impacting people. Rather than putting my energy into a negative place, responding to people who are criticizing me, getting down about it, letting it beat me up, you know, letting myself beat myself up, you know, letting it get my confidence down. So... Think about where does my energy need to go? And 90% of the time, no, not 90% of the time, 99.99% of the time, putting, it, putting that energy into the big, the big Rogers and the naysayers is not the best use of your energy. What does that bring me on to? A challenge of the human experience is that we want to be liked by everybody. And I think this is why we respond to those people. Because even though they're criticizing us, even though they're trying to harm us, even though they're trying to make us feel bad about ourselves, we still want to be liked. We still want to be liked. That's just part of the human experience. Everybody wants to be liked. Over the years, I've learned that not everybody is going to like you. And that's okay. 
That's absolutely fine. If you don't like me, you don't like me. I'm not your cup of tea. That's fine. Let's just stay away from each other. Sometimes it's easier that way, guys. You don't have to try and convert people. You don't have to try and convince somebody that you're nice or you're the coach for them or you're the expert. I would have consultations with calls, consultation calls with clients all the time. If I'm running an online course, I'll jump on the phone with them just to get an overview of where they're at, just have a chat. But sometimes on those calls, there'll be complete disconnection. It just It's just human nature. You won't click with everybody. And I always decide there and then there's no point in us working together because you don't like me. And maybe I'm just not getting good vibes off you. Maybe I'm just feeling like you're expecting me to do the work, to work miracles for you. And you're not going to you're not going to put the effort into it. Those are the people I just won't work with. And this is, again, I'm not, there's no judgment in it. I'm not criticizing anybody here whatsoever. The point I'm making is that you're not going to cre- you're not going to create connection with everybody you meet. You're not going to click with everybody you meet. Not everybody is going to like you. And that's absolutely fine. What you need to focus on doing is finding your people, finding the people that you do connect with, that bring value to your life, the people that you connect with in a positive manner. One thing I discovered when I started working in health and wellness was that, and this was again a conversation I had with this guy the other day who was thinking of going into coaching. When you start out first, it is extremely difficult because people often don't understand what you're doing or why you're doing it. And I found that I was so into the mindset side of things and I was studying this all the time and I was reading and I was listening to podcasts and I was so passionate about it and I deeply, deeply love it and I still do to this day. But not everybody gets it. And people around you sometimes don't really understand what you're talking about even or why you're doing it. And that's a challenge. But when I started going to seminars and I started going to conferences and I started going to workshops, I found my people. I was in a room and I was going, these people think like me. These people are on the same wavelength as me. I'm creating connection with these people. These are my people. Where have they been all my life? So you need to go and find those people. And that's why I say follow your passion. A couple of weeks ago, I was speaking at the induction day at IT Sligo. And we had a huge crowd of people in the room. And one of the things I said to those people starting off was, you're all different. You're all very individual. But there are clubs and societies for everything in the college now. So whatever your passion is, find the club that's aligned with that. Because if you do that, again, you're going to meet people who think like you. You're going to build your network. You're going to make friends because those people are passionate about the same things as you. So find those people as well. Um, Getting a little bit sidetracked there. Where are I? Uh, looking at my notes now to see where I am. So, yeah, the the big... The big uh, getting tongue, tongue twisted, tongue tied. Just finishing on the, the point about Big Rogers. When we're in the gym, when we're in a training environment, to get stronger, we have to work against resistance. And life is the same. We need to work against resistance to get stronger. So your begrudger, resistance. Critics, resistance. Everything that comes against us that's trying to put us down, that's resistance. By facing it head on, we become stronger. So there's no point, there's no point just letting it pull you down and going with it and letting them beat you. You need to resist it and you need to say that's just part of the challenge. But I come out of that a stronger person. I come out of that ready to face life. And if this situation arises again, I know how to handle it. From resistance, we become stronger. I've spoke about my own journey through building a business on the podcast many, many times. There's been so many setbacks. There's been so many hardships. But all that resistance has made me stronger. I fundamentally believe if I had had an easy path, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I don't believe I would be anywhere near as successful as I am today. And that's not me saying I'm hugely successful. It's not that. But I don't believe I will be anywhere near the level I am. I really don't. Without the hardship, without the struggle, I think we all need that. And I think that's a good thing. And I think it's something we need to embrace. And again, it's changing that thought process around it. Rather than thinking, poor me, this is too tough. Think about, 
it's a challenge, but a challenge is welcome because I'm going to take that challenge on and I'm going to find a way to overcome that challenge. And by doing that, I'm learning and I'm becoming stronger and therefore I can face down anything. So changing the way we think. Don't look at obstacles. Don't look at challenges as something that are there to, to put you down, to beat you. If you take that defeatist attitude, forget about it. It's Life is going to be tough for you. But when you fight resistance, when you come up against resistance, that makes you stronger. That makes you... That makes you come out the other side a better person. I really, really do believe that. So control what's within your control. Don't worry about what anybody else says. Put the blinkers on and control what you can control. I have this great phrase, control the controllables. Control the controllables and let everything else go. The stuff you cannot affect, there is absolutely no point worrying about it. There's absolutely no point stressing about it. There's no point losing sleep over it. There's no point being anxious about it. Control what you can control. And that's all anybody can ask you to do. And when you do that, it gives you an amazing sense of empowerment and a sense of self-belief. Because you're realising, well, I've made this result happen. Just by focusing on what I can control, instead of getting worried about all the things that's happening around you, again, putting your energy into that external place, the things that you cannot control, it's not going to bring benefit. It's going to overwhelm you. It's going to raise the stress levels. It's probably going to affect your sleeping patterns. It's going to affect your life. So control what you can control and let everything go. Let everything else go. When we speak about begrudgers, and this is slightly connected, but a little bit different at the same time. Sometimes it's the people around you. Sometimes it's the people around you. And what happens often, I've seen again this with people who decide they're going to get healthier. They're going to change something about their physical condition. They're going to change their circumstances. They're going to be improving their life in some way. It's not uncommon for people around them and people that they would have considered friends to get a little bit, why are you doing it? Suddenly they start putting obstacles in front of you. I've seen people, I can think of one example, a girl I worked with who would have probably been maybe the overweight person in her group and she decided she was going to take control of her life and she signed up with me and she got into incredible shape. She got into phenomenal shape. But it caused a few problems in her social circle. And again, this is one I've seen quite a bit with girls, to be honest with you, more so than lads. It has been with girls more so. But she found that people were starting to sabotage her. She was six months down the line and she was doing really well. And she was saying, you know, people were starting to put drinks in front of her. And one of the girls called over on a Friday night with a big cake and a, and a bottle of wine. And she hadn't had cake in six months. And she had consistently said to these people, I don't really do that anymore. And it's not that she was depriving herself or anything like that. It was that her priorities had changed. Getting in shape had become more important to her. Improving her health had become more important to her. And she was loving it. She was loving her energy levels. She was loving the endorphins. She was loving about how she was feeling about herself. Her confidence levels were higher. It was all positive. But people were trying to sabotage her because maybe, just maybe, it suited them better for her to stay how she was. She fitted into their social circle. She was that person that maybe she was the go-to for the takeaway on a Saturday night. Maybe X Factor, wine, Chinese. She was the person you called for that. And maybe that fitted in better with their circle of friends rather than being the person now who stays in on a Saturday night and maybe goes hiking on a Sunday morning. So it's little examples like that. You need to be conscious of that and you need to keep in mind that what you're doing is very, very positive. If you're looking to improve your life in some way, that's a positive thing. So don't allow people to sabotage that. Don't start doubting yourself. Self-doubt is part of the human experience. It's a huge part. You know, self-esteem issues are a universal thing. And then we start to doubt ourselves and we start to think maybe they're right and I'm wrong. Don't question yourself, guys. Don't question yourself. Your opinion and what's important to you is the most important thing. Not what other people think of you. As we mentioned earlier, not everybody's going to like you. 
The way I say it is this. If your friends can't be happy for you making a positive change in your life, how valuable are they in your life? Do you need them? There's something to ponder. If they can't be happy for you when you're doing something positive, how much do you really need them? I'm not saying cut people off. I'm not. But I am saying maybe there's a conversation to be had. Maybe you need to sit them down and say, look, this is what I do now. This is important to me. If they understand that it's important to you and the reaction is still negative, then maybe you need to think about it a little bit further. Because the people around you do make a big, big difference. And it is obviously easier when you have people that are supportive, but not everybody will be. So it's just something to be aware of. But it's also important that you believe in what you're doing and then you're not going to let it derail you. And again, we spoke about it earlier. The only person who can actually derail you is you. So choose your response. All right. I think we're nearly wrapped up, guys. We're nearly there. Let me get out in the sun for a while. So a couple of fundamental takeaways from today. We've spoke about, a lot about creating connection. We've spoke about your response to different situations. We spoke about naysayers, big rogers. And one thing I really want to reiterate is don't just listen to the podcast, guys. If you find something useful in it, take away and apply it. There's no point listening to a podcast again and thinking that was great, that was nice, that passed half an hour when I was in the car. Go and apply it in some way. Learn something from it. That's what it's there for. I love that you do enjoy listening to it. I really do. I'm not criticizing that. What I want you to do is make it make a difference in your life. That's what we're here for. So take away things and apply them. The biggest challenge for us is to understand the power of our mind, the power of our thinking, and that we can actually control our thinking. We can actually become the master of our mind. And when we do that, we become the master of our reality because reality is a byproduct of the mind. That's it for today, guys. Speak next week.